Ladies and gentlemen, the rom-com dance. Thanks for that, Billy. And welcome, everybody, to the Rom-Com Oscars. My name is Kelly Song, and as always is with me, my co-host. Ryan Ryan Graves. Hello. Ryan, for the actual Oscars, do you prefer a single co-host or a group co-host or no co-host or no host? Uh, definitely a single co-host. That means they're available. Hey, <laughs> watch out, girls. He's taken. <laughs> yeah, I am a fan of the single host as well. Like, I want a Whoopi, a a Billy Crystal, a a single person who's good at riffing and chatting about. We need Whoopi back. Yeah, um, uh, she's going to be back in this Oscars actually. This rom com of oh, all rom com Oscars. And before we jump into rom-com Oscars, I want to say hey to listeners, because it's been a while. Hello. Hello. How have you been, Ryan? Um, busy. Busy. Very busy. I hear that you've been doing nothing with your life. No. Oh, no. I've been doing plenty with my life. What were you doing last night? Uh, taxes. Death and taxes. You died? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one inevitability. That's what's going on with me is taxes. Taxes. I'm sorry. That sucks. Um, how's how's the work on our movie? It's coming along. <laughs> cool. Is that all you have for the people? Death, taxes, and and coming along. This movie is like taxes. It's inevitable. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's like Thanos. It's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. Exactly. Um, cool. Do you have anything to ask me? Um, I had something to tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah. What? It's really important. Go ahead. I had an enlightenment about our relationship. You and me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is this a DTR? Uh, kind of. Okay. For everybody who did not go to the college that we went to, that's a defining the relationship talk. Relations. So what I discovered, I was talking to Sarah about this, and we were hanging out last, you and I were hanging out last week at um, Leka Playground. Oh, yeah. Not like a playground. That would be fun, though. It is like a playground, but it's indoors. It's like a playground. If it was a like a playground, there'd be Coraline dolls. Hold on, Lekka has enough money that they could be advertising for us right now. So let's See? let's let's not give them a lot of free advertising. But that would be a fun playground. A like a playground. You go to the Coraline set. You run around. Leica, yeah. as in the studio. Yeah. I keep hearing you say Leica, akin to you know like a Leica. playground. Uh-huh. Uh, and. I was telling Sarah, I'm like, yeah, I got there and I was just dealing with Theo and I was like a little frazzled and Kelly's like, hey, hi, hello, hello, welcome, 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 welcome. And I'm like, slow down, like I'm still catching up. But I realized the reason why I was like kind of confused is I now more see you as a brother and Uh in the sense of, do you remember when like, let's say you're 16 years old, it's it's kind of. It's a summer day. You yeah. go downstairs. Your brother is at the table eating cereal or something. Sure. Do you greet him or are you just, you just are there? You're just around each other. Uh, for the most part, just there. I just don't, like, I don't, at a certain point, you just don't greet your siblings and at, when you're at home, when you're with them. Sure. And I, and I do that now when I talk to my brother, like we talk to each other on the phone and it's like, we skip past the... Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And it's it, we just jump right into the, like, here's what else I hate about Marvel movies yeah, kind uh-huh. of thing. And that's how I feel about you now, where it's like, I just see you as there. An extension of yourself. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't say, I don't see it as a hello, goodbye situation with you anymore. I just see you as my brother, where it's like. What Beatles song just, do you see me as instead? Like a Hey Jude situation. Oh, yeah, Where totally. I'm just 
you know, mm-hmm. wait, what did I say before? Did I say the song? Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just see it more as a, you just there, man. <laughs> I don't know if I feel better or worse about that. I would rather have you as my brother than as a friend, because that means I'm more indebted, not indebted to you, but more um, connected. Okay, I like that. Can we be both, though? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I say, hello, how are you? Hey. Uh, not because I don't think of you as a brother, but because I never see you. Oh, <laughs> We we have been, like, the last two months, three months, have been so busy that I think we've seen each other every two weeks. Yeah. It's been sad. It sucks. Uh, hopefully that'll change. It's hard being a dad. Yeah. And and trying to work and trying to take care of your family. Let's, let's do this. Let's get rich enough where we can afford nannies, like all the other people I run into. <laughs> like, do you ever go to the park and you're like, hey, how old's your kid? And they're like, oh, it's not my kid. I'm the nanny. Oh, my God. I just take care of him every day. No, we're lower middle class in this neighborhood. Yeah. So uh, we, we don't have such advantages. But one day, <laughs> your child's going to go to school. We don't have your upward mobility. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? One day. <laughs> one day, we will have at least like slightly tilted upward mobility just a little bit right now we're sideways no but then then there will be some future kids i'm sure like with jetpacks oh yeah no what i mean is there's the possibility i'm not saying we're pregnant i'm not saying that but But i'm off air no no this is not on the record no No? okay but there's probably going to be the ironic thing of like ah finally time and then boom baby Hmm. you never know life finds a way it does i mean you do know I, well, I don't know right now. You don't know right now. Yeah. It's a nebulous baby. Exactly. It's like a, the star baby from 2001. Now, the thing I like about this that reminds me of all of the other intros that they do before the Oscars is just how how many cutting jokes we've made at everybody. So many. So many. We've just laid loose on them. Like, like they're all laughing about it, and they get it. It's funny. It's funny, but some of them are like, oh, Ooh, chagrined. That was too, that was too mm, close. That was... Too Jack much. Nicholson is like, ah, I'm gonna kill you later. He's <laughs> got his sunglasses. Um, Ryan, let's. I feel like we should jump right into it, just because we are dads and we don't have time. Welcome to the 2023 Oscars, third Cele- annual, celebrating the movies from 2022, much like how I had to do my taxes from 2022. I'm Last night, so, yeah. How do you label those in your computer? Because do you label them 2022 taxes? It or- doesn't make sense. You file in 2023, but you're doing 2022. Right. So I always, I always write a note in my folder where it's like 2022 taxes. Filed in 2023, Kelly, just <laughs> so that you know future Kelly who's looking for your taxes. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't think that'll fit on a Manila folder label, but no, you can do your no, best. No, but like, you know, on a com- computer holds so much data. Oh, maybe data? that's why it's taking so long. I'm not doing it on a computer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. My pa- my parents. Do they still do it? They don't do it on paper, but they do it uh, via the old TurboTax CDs. Oh, I didn't realize they, go they still had those CDs. And they get the CDs and they put them in their oh, computer. Kelly, it's a new year. You never know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, you guys could just do this online. And they're like, mm, I don't know if I trust that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, the, it's same. the same thing. <laughs> we love you, parents. I love you, too. This is not me making fun of you. This is making fun next to you. <coughs> Well, this uh, this if you haven't been to the rom-com Oscars before, we take a look at the episodes of the years past of this year's past. Yeah. And we award and reward all that we can. Yeah. And there's about 50 movies in here. So it's a legitimate crop. Wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> I really want to get back into watching a movie a week. Me, too. I miss that. This is nice. 
You have you have this nice studio with a giant TV in it. I have not watched a movie in here yet. We need to watch Lord of the Rings in here. Blasphemy. Well, how's that blasphemy? No, well, to the thing that I had not watched Lord of the Rings in here yet. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. sinful. Mm-hmm. It's it's horrific. But we will get we will get there. Well, what's our first category today? Should then? we work backwards on here? Yeah, let's work backwards from the the awards that we made up uh, this year. Oh, okay. So should we start with mine? Yes, my made up award. My award is called the Best Paul Rudd Award. I slapped the bass big time. Ryan, can you describe this award? There are no besides movies, the fact that it's a statue of Paul Rudd. <laughs> there are no movies with Paul Rudd this year. No, there is. There is Clueless. He's, oh, okay, yeah, he's, he's in that. Yeah, but I will not be giving the best Paul Rudd to Paul Rudd because ironically, he just wasn't the best. He wasn't the best Paul no, Rudd. No. So the best Paul Rudd goes to Adam Driver in the movie What If. Oh, okay. For sure. Okay, I love this. Um, because it's a movie I didn't care for, but every scene with Adam Driver, I'm like, but I like the Adam Driver in this movie. He's very likable. Yeah. He's kind of that best friend. Mm-hmm. It's it's that Mike from Friends yeah. role yeah. where it's like, okay, you aren't one of the main friends here. Yeah. You aren't the main character. You're not super important, but, but you're, you're wonderful. You're great. You make this very good. Yeah. Yeah. Good award. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite Adam Driver line from that movie? Um, the line about nachos. I'll nachos. Just, I'll just yeah. let, we'll just play it so you can get the full juice of the best Paul Rudd aspect. I just had sex. I'm about to eat nachos. Mm, delicious like, juice. Yeah, so good. <laughs> All right. What's, what's, uh, what was the next one? Next one is unexpectedly wonderful award. That's right. And I came up with this award simply because I, I think in future iterations of the rom-com Oscars, we need to, it's, it's that. It's that thing that Amy Pond says in that one episode of Doctor Who where she's describing Rory mm-hmm. as, you know, you see him and he's there and you don't think much of him. But then he he just surprises you and he is so much himself. And for me, mm-hmm. the person that I fell in love with so unexpectedly this year was Charlie from Mystic Pizza. Think you can give us a lift? That he, was Vincent D'Onofrio? No. Oh. No, I love Vincent D'Onofrio. Charlie is the guy that falls in love with uh, Julia, Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah, that guy. He reads as a 1980s villain. You're like, oh, man. He's rich. Go. He's blonde. He's got a nice car. He wears two big suits. And you just, he's schmarmy. You're like, I'm going to hate you by the end of this movie. I yeah. know it. I know you're a villain. You're going to treat Julia Roberts like crap. And guess what? He doesn't. He's, <laughs> he's amazing. Great. He is really great. And so he's unexpectedly wonderful, and I feel like we need more of those people in our lives. I feel like that should be a rom-com title from the late 80s, Unexpectedly Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Starring Um, Emilio Estevez. Just write that down. Maybe we'll save that for later. And Ali Sheedy. (laughs) But do you think think maybe there's a lesson in that where we should treat... We should treat more people with the fact that they should potentially... They could potentially be a Charlie. Uh, yeah, you never yeah. know. You never know. You never know. And Regardless of social standing. That's the power of empathy, people. Practice it. Pra- Try it. <laughs> You're like a Sesame Street right now. <laughs> okay. All right, what's our next one? Most formulaic. Okay. Ryan, can you can you preface what we think about formula? Formula. Not the, not the baby food. Formula is, formula is like a five-course meal mm-hmm. where it can be very... Uh, prescribed right or it can be completely unexpected 
Right, um, but you know it's five courses no matter what. I know that I've got dessert coming. I know that I've got a main course. I'm going to have appetizers. And so you can kind of like... In that order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you can plan your evening around it and there's no surprises. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it could be it could be boring like, you know, like, ugh, I've, I've seen this meal a million times before. Or it could be safe and surprising. It can, well, because like I feel like the boring one is when... I'm trying to think of a boring five course meal because it's still special. You're still getting dessert. Okay, this is what it is. You have your salad, but it's just romaine lettuce. Oh yeah, right. And then you have your appetizer, and, and it's, it's fries. And you're like, yeah, fries are an appetizer, but it didn't really like make me feel better. Oh, than it's the salad. like when you're going to like a corporate event five course ah, meal. Ah, that's or, what or it a, is. Or a boring wedding meal, like a really boring one. Yeah, that's uh-huh. not very tasty in the first place. Where it's like. You've got your your little chunk of bread, you know yeah. those yes, those know. bread rolls. Yes, <laughs> and you got it's dry, <coughs> like chicken, and then dessert is like I don't know, like pudding or something. Where it's like this is, I guess this is dessert. <laughs> You're like I, I'm here with my kid, and yeah. I got to feed them for free. So great, yeah. And so like boring like that is like a like a very mediocre Netflix or Hallmark rom-com where it's like, I guess I'm getting fed. This is nothing special at all. You're hitting all the beats and I understand that it's a rom-com. Even if I look away for 30 minutes, I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then there's other ones where it's like great formula where you're going out to just a fantastic restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, you're going to get this kind of soup. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Then this salad, just mm-hmm. a little bit of a tease. But this one's got kiwis. Yeah. On it. And then this appetizer that you didn't even know those foods can, could be combined to make an appetizer like that. But since they came in the right order, you understood. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, another glass of wine would go perfect with this next part. And then dessert is great. <laughs> we are belaboring this metaphor like nobody's business. <laughs> you just have to understand. So anyways, most formulaic is when it's so committed to parsing it out mm-hmm. and there's no surprises. Right. So what did you put? I put Romancing the Stone. My minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone is $400. Mm. And maybe it's unfair because I feel like Romancing the Stone is more the like Rosetta Stone of this kind of formula of the adventure rom-com. I agree. Because it because it feels like an episode of like a 1940s serial, but expanded into like a romantic movie. Yeah. But we can see that Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Lost City of D, and other adventure rom-coms kind of follow through on this. Mm-hmm. But when we say most formulaic, I feel like this is like the most concentrated good formula. Whereas Lost City of D, it's like they're doing Romancing the Stone. Sure. But so, then they're just doing their little variations within it. So this is the Rosetta Stone for everything that came after. And I like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you asked most. This is most. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, where, 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 where's, what did I, I say? You're, you have the, the You are the Princess to... Switch. Do you think we could be related somehow? Okay, so I think this is the other side of the coin. Yeah. Where, I mean, the Princess Switch follows, I think, a corporate formula is what I'd call it, where there is a directive where one person has to do a creative job, mm-hmm. and she is a baker, and she is entered into this context. It's Mad Libs rom-com. Yeah, great way to put it. It is Mad Libs. Um, like, fill in adjective here, handsome mm-hmm. prince. 
great. Right. You know, um, in X foreign European country. Right. And it has to end with an A. Like it has, it has go, like a parentheses A at the end of they it. They don't go to like, you're actually the queen of this really uncomfortably hot South American country. <laughs> it's so like that. See, that would be funny. That would be a good twist on the formula. It's like you are secretly a princess of like, oh, of, of Switzerland or Genovia. No, more like Bolivia. It's it's kind of like Chile, but it's a lot smaller. So they're really they, there's not a lot of money. So the, we call it chill. <laughs> the palace is more like you know, this dude's house. Yeah, and it's just it's uh, pit stains all the way down there. Uh, but the 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 wine is good. Oh yeah, for sure. There's llamas too. Yeah, I went to see alpacas with my baby yesterday. Did you know llamas are just really big alpacas? Mm. Or alpacas are really small. Did llamas. she ride them? No, they, they wouldn't like that. Would that would be cool. Um, in fact, like even though they are camelids, fun fun llama fact, you, you can't ride llamas. They don't like it. Oh, right. But they will be pack animals. Oh, good. Yeah. They, at least they're helpful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, this is um, your Mad Libs rom-com. Yeah. It yeah. just hits all those marks. And we, we liked it more than we thought we would. <laughs> it's, kind of like, it's kind of like if someone came home and they're like, I brought McDonald's. It's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like I know what I'm gonna have. I know what I'm eating. And and the important thing about having McDonald's is letting your spouse know that you're having McDonald's before you bring it home. Yeah, because if you're like, hey, I'm bringing home dinner, takeout like, tonight. Oh damn! And like, you're like, oh Thai food, great. And then they come up with McDonald's. You're like, oh, but it it will feed you. Yeah, you and, will be and fed. so going that in the same way going into these formula formulaic rom coms, it's good to know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Uh, Looking at a poster of a Princess Switch, it's like, mm. got it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like almost you, the responsibility of Netflix you, to tell you. You have seen the movie. If you've seen the poster, mm-hmm. you can write the movie for them. Oh, for sure. And you will probably match up with what the movie actually is. You might is. get a name or a detail wrong, but it, it will invariably be close. We should do that for a future film. Oh, yeah. That could be a game. That would be a really fun game. Write the. We'll look at a poster. Yeah. We'll write the plot. And then the next week, we'll watch the movie. We can even do Mad Libs. Where, yes. Where like, we, we see the poster... I'll make a Mad Lib, and you have to fill it out and see yeah. how close you oh, are. Sweet. Okay, cool. Okay. For future episodes. All right, next category, worst chemistry. Ooh. All right, what did you pick? Why did I pick my best friend's wedding? Um, well, actually, it does make sense, because the whole movie is about how she's in love with her best friend. Yeah. And it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, just, it's wrong. Honestly, they don't have they don't have a bunch of chemistry in the movie. It everything's implied that they're best friends and you can kind of see that in a way that they would be, but it's more with how she interacts with like the family. Yeah. Uh, and every single time that she like talks to him, there's too much deviousness for them to have chemistry. You, you know, you're watching it and you're like, I can't be rooting for you right now. Julia yeah. Roberts. I don't believe in this relationship you think you deserve. And yeah. I think that's the point. And yeah. Like Rupert Everett is telling her, it's like, no, <laughs> And you're rooting for her to just be friends with Rupert Everett and just be fine with now they that have friendship. good chemistry. That's the great yeah. chemistry, but the like thing that she's pursuing, she has no chemistry mm. with Agreed. that person. You know? Yeah, good. It's almost a Razzie of an Oscar, right? Here. Um, and what's the what's the one I did? To Jillian on her thirty seventh birthday. Okay, worst chemistry is between um, Peter Gallagher, uh, Mister Eyebrows himself, and. It's not Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, no, because yeah. she's the ghost. Oh, uh, Wendy Crewson. Yeah. Who's the mom in the Santa Claus. Right. So. What are you doing here? 
Go home. Yeah. That, <laughs> this movie is... I, I don't even know why it's on our list, really, because a rom-com it is not. <laughs> it is neither com nor rom. Yeah. But they there is like this weird... Like almost like the movie's trying to convince us that there was a romantic plot at times between these two people, but they have nothing to do with each other. They kind of sit there and make awkward small talk every once in a while, but it's almost painful to watch because he's thinking about his dead wife. She's thinking about him <laughs> thinking about his dead wife. It is <laughs> raw. I want to get out of this. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's just uncomfortable. Sorry, All right. Peter. You're a good actor. You're got bad like, chemistry in that movie. You got good eyebrows. All right. Best banter. Best banter, Michael. Uh, I will go first. Yeah, okay. Shop around the corner. I didn't know you cared for high literature. There are many things you don't know about me, Mr. Krolik. Uh-huh. Oh, good banter. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Dealing with Margaret O'Sullivan. Um, they're just fantastic. Especially Margaret O'Sullivan. She just can she can just whip it out. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That's, no, it's 1930s. Hey, it's a 19, can't yeah, say that. Come on, but, it's it's Budapest. But, but <laughs> that's but not allowed. Here. In Hungary, they play things a little differently over there. <laughs> but you're right. Like, and what what is essential to banter? Um, fun. Okay, you're right. Fun, and it's couched inside a realm of conflict. Yeah, like these two two people who banter who are really good friends with each other. It's fine, but it kind of loses the the flavor after a while yeah because when you're bantering with someone you're attracted to you're kind of saying i care about you and i care that you care about me Mm -hmm. so whatever we're arguing about whether it's something really stupid i'm going to make my case for it and i'm going to actually engage with whatever case that you make yeah i'm going to engage with you and what you're saying and that's how me and sarah connected right was getting to banter with one another Mm -hmm. whereas i don't see you and robin banter well it's funny like we're bantering a lot more these days but i don't think robin argues for fun no she's not a banterer not not like us no um but she the more i think the more low stakes banter that we have the more fun it is for her to banter yeah she she seems a more eloquent and thoughtful um interlocutor Oh, Am wow. I saying that I with mean, the right emphasis? You're, you're the, the interlocutor. interlocutor right now. But she doesn't seem to be a person who wants to argue about something. She wants to like probe something and discuss I something. Think she wants to, I think she wants to agree about something. Yeah. Like she wants to bond about something. And the thing is about banter is you can bond over banter. Yeah. And, and conflict banter. But as we'll see in my in my pick, there's a every every so often where the banter is like you're on the same side almost no matter what or you're sticking your tongue out at the other person even if they disagree mm-hmm. and that's the thin man pretty girl yeah she's a very nice type you got types only you darling lanky brunettes with wicked jaws i think for my money kind of banter per second blows yours out yes, of the water true true <laughs> true um just consistent banter for a hundred and five minutes it's yeah. just perfect it, it's it's a non-stop like like it's black and white and if any movie deserved the title talky yeah other than like maybe his girl friday right this would be it definitely yeah um if you haven't seen the thin man you guys go see it just the best and watch the sequels because they're fun next up we've got most groundbreaking 
Most groundbreaking. Ground baking. Mm. <laughs> There's some good ground bakes uh, down there, uh, but also slash most original. Right. So okay. whatever, whichever one you want to take. So you picked. Wait, who's our honorable mention? I want to say put that one up front. Fifty first states. Yeah, because it was like an interesting concept that I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. You think? You think so? Um, yeah, especially how they play it out. Yeah, and how they play it through. Yeah, like they they committed to like rather than. A lot of these movies have like a healing aspect to them where whatever's wrong with you, whatever trauma you have had in the past gets healed by love Mm -hmm. in in one way or another. And I like that love coincides the trauma rather than heals the trauma in that movie where like every day they have to deal with this thing, but they figured a way through it. Yeah. That's that's more realistic in life. Yeah, because 50 First Dates, if you start that movie, I'm like, I don't know how you're going to find a solution to this. Mm-hmm. hit her head again <laughs> <laughs> that's what a worse movie would have done yeah she would have like gotten in another car crash and remembered everything Ugh, no thank you uh so what was your actual pick i don't know i can't see <laughs> it's too far away you picked the apartment i love you miss kubelik three queen did you hear what i said miss kubelik i absolutely adore you shut up and deal we talked about this um, in in the actual episode. It's more of a rom drum mm-hmm. than anything, but I do think it set forth an originality to the idea of two people falling in love, where it can be dirty yet hopeful by the end. Which I feel like when you're moving out of like the 30s and 40s and like a lot of like crime movies, where you know somebody. Somebody is a hooker with a heart of gold. They still right. kind of have to die by the end of the right. movie or be punished. And this movie didn't do that. It was like, all right, there's a couple people trying to move up the corporate ladder. And well, one person is trying to move up the corporate ladder. The other one's trying to get an MRS. And <laughs> yet, like, there's there's like intermarriage, like, or extramarital affairs. Right. Not intermarital affairs. Um, not that I mean, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But you just you just had like this really odd circumstance of romance, like wrapped up in a really well written script. And for me, it it was just a, an original idea that I haven't seen done in the same way since. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with uh, my best friend's wedding. Michael trusted you, so I trusted you. You wanted to keep me close. You didn't trust me for a second. I was right. Well, of course you were right, but that's not my fault. You kissed him. At my parents' house! On my wedding day! Tramp. Shut up! Yeah, make 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 your main character have evil aspects to them. <laughs> uh, I love Roger Ebert's review of it because he's like describing the plot and he has a paragraph where where it starts. Here's where things get interesting. Mm. Because he's talking about how at first we're kind of we're kind of on her level. Sure. We're like, we get it. We we think you have a chance with uh, what's his name? Uh, Dermot Mulroney. Uh, Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney. Um, the role drawer. Who I will always respect for Family Stone. Oh, yeah. You know, I will amazing, always respect Incredible. Him. Yeah. And like we haven't met Cameron Diaz yet. And so <laughs> in a typical rom-com, they would have made Cameron Diaz insufferable. And they would have made sure. Cameron Diaz the Bellamy. And we've been like... Or the main character. Oh. In a typical rom-com, like having... Having the 
You're right. In if we're keeping Julia Roberts as like the main character, you're right. In a worse rom com, mm-hmm. they would have made Cameron Diaz like just catty and yeah. annoying, and we would have been like, Julia Roberts must get this lady out of here. Yeah, like Julia Roberts deserves him. Yeah, right. But about a third of the way through, we start to get to know Cameron Diaz, and we're like, nope, mm-hmm. Julia Roberts, this is you are evil. Yeah, and the movie kind of follows through on that. Yeah, another movie that follows through. Yeah, and yeah. I just love the character development and the redemption. Mm-hmm. It's really a redemption arc in the long run. <laughs> you know, now now that I'm I'm seeing all three of the movies that we put on this Oscar list, um, they are all movies that take a concept and do not shy away from the harder part of it. Mm-hmm. Like as as like a writing whether it's a team or a, a specific writer, they said, "Okay, there's a problem and we won't fix the problem, we'll fix ourselves." Right. Mhm. It's kind of why Sarah doesn't really like watching My Best Friend's Wedding cuz she just for her she's watching a rom-com she doesn't want to have to do the mind work of like going through this journey with Julia Roberts, who has to like grow up and learn. She's like, I want to hang out with Meg Ryan, who's perfect and amazing and has a bookstore that's getting steamrolled right. by Tom Hanks. You want a best friend. Yeah. Yeah. You want somebody that you could support and would support you, not somebody who would stab you in the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Next up, we have Hottest Bellamy. Ooh, Hot Bellamy. That's my wife. That was my wife that said that. She's very hot. Uh, You've got Henry Golding in Persuasion. It was on the count of being struck by this dazzling creature. Please don't call me a creature. Yeah. He, okay. I feel like he combines the idea of hot and evil. (laughs) Yeah. He is a spicy Bellamy. That that movie is just kind of like, eh, he's hot. What can you do? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, he he's literally twiddling his mustache over there evilly, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a hot mustache. He's hot. Um, <laughs> In a way that Jane Austen was like, not right. No, 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 not him, not the Willoughby, not the Wickham. I know they're hot and they have nice ass, but no. Yeah. In those jodpers. It's, I'll allow it with Henry Golding. I'll uh-huh. allow it. You'll allow what? The the treatment of him, the interest in him, like just how he kind of he's kind of unscathed in that movie, whereas most evil Bellamy's in yeah in Jane Austen stories are like should be shackled. Yeah, like I mean, even in the book though, he's he's not like run out of town. Or no, they're he's never not, actually like actually he's barely shackled. exposed. He's just like, um, well, he's a bad guy and he's living <laughs> with this lady now in London. Well, that's the funny thing about all Jane Austen evil Bellamy's. None of them ever get a comeuppance. They just kind of like go off into the sunset with not our main character. Yeah, that's true because Wickham goes off with the lady that he's initially engaged. No, no, no. Uh, Wickham goes off with Lydia. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Willoughby goes off with the lady he's initially engaged yeah, to. Yeah, he's like, well, I just, I guess I'll go bang this yeah, lady now. But but nobody goes to prison. No, nobody goes. No one like, gets actually punished. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's like you. You're disinherited. A lot of them are like, guess I'll stay rich with this lady. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, like Wickham's even like, um, well, Darcy gave me ten thousand pounds a year, so that's nice. <laughs> I'll take it. Ten thousand yeah. pounds a year. A year. Um, Shut up! You could Lydia. also you make say? you could also make the case for Henry Golding as the hottest Bellamy in Last Christmas. You could because technically, 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 he's a Bellamy because she gets together with life, and he right. 
gets together with death. <laughs> so I'll take that. Okay. I'm I'm going to go with Greg Kinnear and you've got mail. Report. Hasn't gunshot. He's adorable. He is an adorable Bellamy. He's adorable. It's funny because I almost said Jimmy Stewart in Philadelphia Story. Yeah. I feel like but that's close. Like it, it could have gone either way at the end of Philadelphia. I know, Story. but it doesn't go. It does way. Like he's still a Bellamy. Yeah. Technically. At the end. At yeah. the end of the day. And he gives up willingly. That's one, one of the mm-hmm. hallmarks of the Bellamy. Yeah. Especially right? hot ones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do think he's more of an ador. Greg Kinnear is more of an adorable Bellamy than a hot Bellamy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. He doesn't have a smolder to him. Well, speaking of smolder, we're going to talk about best dressed next. For you, I've got Clueless. Shea, get in here. What's up, Daddy? What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. Obviously, because it was the <laughs> 90s and the closet. I just listened to um, a podcast, actually, that I want to plug here. It's called Articles of Interest. Mm. Um, and it originated over on the, um, as a, like kind of an offshoot of 99% Invisible. Mm-hmm. And the most recent episode, they talk about Claire's Closet. Oh, Claire's her name, right? Claire? Yeah. Is Claire? That's Claire, a fat get girl's down name. here. <laughs> um, what is that? Calvin Klein. <laughs> and of course not, Daddy. <laughs> um, duh, I was just going to go change. And uh, they talk in this episode, they talk about like the closet and how a bunch of people have tried to recreate that closet via an app mm-hmm. where you like take a picture of all your clothes and it like matches it, but how it never works. Right. And it's, it's a fascinating, people should just go listen to it, but it, it presupposed this idea of like a computer, like an artificial intelligence that could match certain things. Right. And I, I just think like her style is super cool. It really encapsulates the early nineties really well or the mid nineties. Um, so best dressed is going to that movie. Yep. Mine is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Come on, honey. Come to dad. Oh, oh. cause Brad oh. Pitt, and Angelina, they look great. Sexy for sure. Even when they're in their underwear, it's like, I mean, especially this when looks in their underwear. great. Yeah. I mean, so they are the like couple that always wears black and white. And with some people that would be boring because like they work at Adidas and so they're always wearing black and white. But no, this couple, they're fancy. They look good. Yeah. Um, Their curtains, not so much. But yeah, (laughs) that's window dressing if you think about it. All right. Speaking of couples, we've got best couple. Oh, oh. (laughs) And for you, we've got you've got mail. Don't cry. Yes. Um, Make your case. Speaking of banter, because um, that was that was another one I was thinking about for banter. I love a couple that's got a little bit of friction, mm-hmm. but that at the end of the movie, it's undeniable that they should be a couple. Right. It's Joe Fox. It's Kathleen Kelly. It's magic. I don't think I need to make a case. It makes a case for itself. True. But they're not... It, it takes a while for us to root for them. Um, I, It doesn't take a while for me to root for them, but it does take a while for them to even like get to a place where they are a couple in real life. Mm-hmm. But it starts off the movie as, man, these two people should fall in love. It's just from a distance over right. email, right? Yeah. Are you on email? 
Are you online? <laughs> but I mean, would you agree with me? Pretty yeah, good couple. Yeah, true, true. Okay. Especially, especially with the correspondence aspect. Oh, I mean, so you thought best couple as well. So let's move on to no, the no, no, no. Obviously, no. they were the best couple. And no, you no, with no, me. no. Um, I'm going with the thin man. Oh, that's a pretty good couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Robin and I actually, we were thinking for best couple, we should have split it into two categories. Mm-hmm. Best couple that's already together. Right. And best couple that gets together. It's tougher for movies to start your movie with a couple and then have them go through something. And The Thin Man is barely a rom-com. But still. But it's still here. If anything makes it rom, it's these two as a couple. Exactly. Because and, they're supportive. And they, they're still sexy with each other. They are sexy. They... One of the things as a couple that I think is something kind of you you learn when when you don't want to fix a partner, like you want to keep encouraging them to like be like their best self, right? And that's part of being in a couple. But the other thing is like accepting somebody's weirdness and eccentricities for who they are and then just yes anding them. Yeah. And this couple does that. Yes. Extremely well. Yes. And yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Oh, yes. Cool. Best couples. <laughs> that was a couple of good couples. Next up, we have best kiss. Mm. I have to be honest. I was looking through all these movies, and I'm not very good at remembering the kisses. It it was one of the hardest ones for me to pick. I actually had to go back and watch a couple of them. That mm-hmm. I was like, I think there was a good kiss here. What did you end up going with? Um, I went with Ten Things I Hate About You. You're just too good to be true. Wait. So did I. Exactly. Okay. Which kiss though? I don't know, because I was like, I remember there were some good ones in there. And Kelly picked it, so I'm going to go with whatever Kelly says. So he, I watched all of them. There was a YouTube video that says, kisses in 10 things I hate about you. And it has two minutes and 45 seconds of kissing. So if I had to look through my mind and recall moments of kisses, when they're at the paint pellet ball, it's not paint ball, it's like paint grenade game. It's the paint balloons. Yeah, yeah. and he... Heath Ledger flings his eyewear away and he grabs Julia Stiles' cheek and he gives her a good kiss. Well, so what actually happens is they lay down on the, because I just okay, watched excuse this. Me. He lays her down on the bed of Heather. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's part of the kiss yeah. is where, where you're kissing. And that seems uncomfortable, but she seems into it. Yeah. And after watching this movie and watching, I like... I went on a little bit of a rabbit hole and I just watched other Heath Ledger kiss scenes. Mm. I think he was Hollywood's best kisser. Ooh, yeah. Like, it's he's really good at it. Yeah. Um, but that's a good kiss. I, I actually gave it for the last kiss in the movie because he gives her the guitar and then they hang out and they kiss for a second and then she pulls away and says, You know, like, you can just get by me an instrument then, every time. And, and then he kisses her again and she's like, Oh, good kiss. I'll shut up. Do they keep kissing? Yeah. And then the camera pulls away. Yeah. And, we, and, and save then Ferris get, keeps going. Yeah. And save Ferris like is like, nice kissing. I'm going to rock up yeah. here in the school. Does JGL kiss his lady? So their kiss that's really good is actually in the car when he's mad at her and he's like, and you suck like and you should be nice. Game. Yeah. And then she like pulls him in and kisses him right. and like completely interrupts. So this movie is just chock-a-block full of good kissing. Good kissing. Good kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. That Where's was dumb. my wife? That I was need a good kiss. Beavis and Butthead reaction there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're now into the realms of the best best friend. Oh, the best best friend. The best best friend. And see, this is could also be the Paul Rudd Award sometimes. Yeah. Oh. 
Uh, I'm going to I'm going to go first. We're going to stay in 10 things I hate about you. I'm going to say Heath Ledger in that movie because he's not close to JGL. No. But he's very good to JGL. And that is a relationship that he'll forever remember because well, cause everybody's getting married in that. Movie. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> there's some life lessons that Cameron needed to hear from Heath Ledger. Yeah. And Cameron's a junior mm-hmm. and Heath Ledger is a senior and probably I mean, we can probably call him a super senior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he looks a little old for for that high school. Yeah. Um but you're right. I think um inevitably what started out as a employer employee relationship turned yeah. into a friend relationship. Yeah. 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 For you we've got the unbearable weight of massive talent. That's right. Pedro Pascal, I mean, a fast friend and a very good one by the end mm-hmm. cuz he doesn't kill him. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Yeah. Well, thank you for not murdering me. I don't I don't think we saw a a better a better friendship mm-hmm. than those two. Yeah. 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 Best, best that, friends. That, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That that whole movie was just about finding a best friend and how that could reinvigorate you. Yeah. I yeah. love it. But daddy is a state of mind. You know what I'm saying? I'm your daddy. Next. Best chase scene slash rush to the airport. Ah, ah, classic of the formula. We both picked how to lose a guy in 10 days. Bullshit. Oh. It is a literal race to the airport. It's only great because of Jim Parsons. Right. Okay. I think that's an essential. We haven't talked about this before, but. The Gin Blossoms. The Gin Blossoms. They are essential to every rom-com. If you're going to have a chase scene, it can only be soundtracked by Gin Blossoms. I, I think, I mean, you're you're joking, but I do think <laughs> like a, a part of the budget of a rom-com needs to be devoted to a memorable soundtrack mm-hmm. because as you're falling in love, music makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're if you're doing something crazy and stupid, why not? Why not enhance that with the flavor of a good montage song? Well, it gives it the right aesthetic because, you know, if you're if you're doing a chase scene set to Hans Zimmer, that's that's pretty different from a Gin Blossoms. Yeah. Yeah. It gives the tone of desperation, whereas like this one gets you ready for hope. Mm-hmm. This one's like, yeah, yeah, get your hopes high because they will get together. You know they're going to get together, but they are going to and like rev your engines. Oh yeah, which is what you know he does on his motorcycle to catch up to her. He McConaughey definitely revs my engines. Whoa, yeah, whoa, <laughs> hey, oh, okay. Next up, uh, we both picked that one. Next up, we have best meat cute slash meat mess. Right. What's a That's... good meat mess? A meat mess is like when you run into somebody in the hallway and you've got a whole bunch of um, paper in your hand and it's like, oh, our paper is everywhere. Oh, no. Well, our first movie that we ever did for this podcast, Notting Hill, meat mess because the orange juice goes all over Julia Mm -hmm. Roberts, Mm -hmm. right? It's cute for sure, but it's also a mess. Yep. Mine uh, is going to be shop around the corner uh, because the how these people meet Mm -hmm. is pretty great because first off in the background of what's happening these people are uh writing letters to each other the pen pals right but they, so do, they don't really meet but they do meet in real life and she comes in looking for a job and he's like oh you're not gonna get a job but she <laughs> she fast talks her way into getting a job and he's got egg on his face and it sets up that the dynamic for the rest of the film yeah yeah because like he's like you're not gonna get a job and then she wheedles past him and so there's a there's like, oh, you don't matter so much as this person over here, mm-hmm. the boss. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then when he becomes her boss later, it's like, whoop, 
Oops. Oops. What did I say for, for meet cute or mess? You, you've got romancing the stone. Yes, because when they when they meet, he she is like under fire. Under a under a fire? No, no. Like people are shooting. Oh at her. right, she's under a gunfire. Yeah, I think she's yes. under a truck. Yes, gunfire. Yeah, gunfire. <laughs> well, it's actually I think it's a car crash because like his birds have all been released. Oh right, my and birds. It's just a chaotic situation yeah. that they find themselves in. He comes in with the shotgun mm-hmm. and just classic romantic hero for sure. And she is. Torn up from the floor up. Um, I actually don't know what that means, but she is she's definitely like without sleep in a foreign place. Does not speak the language, right? And it's it's a messy situation that only gets better because they fall down a like not too long after that they fall down a, a big muddy hill. So mm. it's my meat mess. Uh, Ew. <laughs> I don't want to say that ever again. As as you explain how they meet, and that movie very much makes the case of. This is the real romantic hero that's from your romantic right. novels. Uh-huh. It just is so evident of like, man, Lost City of D, like you 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 are just a ripoff artist. A very mm-hmm. talented one, but yeah. you are just a ripoff artist. Well, very much so. I think it I think that movie has original elements, but it's not in our like our main characters. It's just in like the idea of Daniel Radcliffe being a little yeah. bit more of a polished villain than the goofballs yeah. and the like the like the secret police of romancing the stone. But you know, Brad Pitt kind of plays the Michael Douglas character in that movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know? And so you're right. They do they do alter it by making Channing Tatum's character like a Alt- a lovable goof. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still still playing off of it because he's the cover model. And yeah. so they're still dealing with it. Zip. You're right. It's it's not unoriginal. It's just not as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's still fun. Uh, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back with like those really important awards. You know how the Oscars are like, all right, we're going to do best documentary short next. And that's where you go yeah, get and your every, glass of champagne yeah. and stuff like that. But now we're coming back to the, to the real awards. Yeah. And the documentary shorts. You're, 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 all, you're, you're all great. Just nobody, nobody but nobody us Nobody's heard of you. you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> and we're back with... More rom-com Oscars. <laughs> whoa, 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 Ryan, slow down. I thought I thought now was the time for who would you fall in love with? Best trope talk. No, we are just back with it. Back at it again. Mm-hmm. Back at it again. We are looking at best cinematography. Mm. Oh, classic Oscar category. You've got Mystic Pizza. Yeah. Okay. So when you think cinematography, you think sweeping vistas. You mm-hmm. think like crazy lighting. You think, you know... You know, Blade Runner, Moonlight, something with yeah. like some dramatic appeal to it, and yeah. like a lot of like m- weird places that are like en- enhanced and envisioned by the cinematography. No, false. <laughs> I want something that looks real and consistent. Mm-hmm. And Mystic, Connecticut, I believe is where it's set. Yep, yep. Yeah, I felt it. Yeah. I felt it through the camera work and I felt it through the lighting, like whatever whatever film stock they were using and the mm-hmm. color palette that they added to the film. It made me feel as if I was really there. Just gorgeous. In, in More than any other movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just amazing. Looking. Yeah. And unexpected. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. like Mystic Pizza is one of those movies that I see on people's shelves, but nobody raves about. And I think you should go raving mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm about gonna, you? I'm going to go... Let me look up the cinematographer. My choice is... You've got mail. 
What do you call an unvirtuous camera operator? What? A cinematographer. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? Yeah, because it's that's dumb. Your, that's good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just some guy. <laughs> I thought he did something important, but he's he's just a very... Has he, has he done anything else that we know? No, there was there was one movie where the cinematographer was, like, really famous, like, had done, like, just really unexpected great films from the 70s, 80s, and it's like, what are you doing making rom-coms now? But nonetheless, the cinematography is by John Lindley. Um, oh, he's Pleasantville? He's, yeah, he's... That's no, pretty good. He's no slouch. Yeah, okay. Um, but... You've got mail is like what I say, what I would think is like the best example of late 90s polished, yeah, high key, really glossy rom com looking, yeah, film. but not in a way that like is feels gross. fabricated, yeah, yeah, it's just very gorgeous. Like, like there's something like uh, another movie that we watched was uh, Killers, yeah, that has. High key glossy filmmaking, but it feels plasticky. Feels a little cheap. Yeah, um, and th- there's something about the dark, earthy gloss of "You've Got Mail" that is really good. It gets that autumn colors. Mm-hmm. It gets the there's, summer colors. There's like bricks. There's uh, like leaves. There's sunlight. There's like even the outdoor scenes mm-hmm. are well lit and bright, but it doesn't have like too much glare to it. Yeah, everything's really bal- balanced. Yeah, when he goes out with the kids to the oh yeah little carnival, it's thing. like rainy, but it still feels full of life. You know, yeah, it just captures good. that feeling. This is what's so great about movies, like going out on a Saturday morning in October, mm. and it just gets it. Yeah, you know, like right now it's April when we're recording this, and uh, you just transported me. Even talking oh, about that, get on it, put on a sweater. <laughs> All right, so next up is best writing report. Passing gunshot. A category lauded, <laughs> lauded always. <laughs> Did you know that was on the chopping block at one point in time? Oh. They they almost untelevised it. Academy, how dare you? You idiots. Idiot. Um, You've got Philadelphia story. Dexter, would you mind doing something for me? Anything, what? Get the heck out of here. Oh, my dear Red, I couldn't do that. That wouldn't be fair to you. You need me too much. Would you mind telling me just what it is you're hanging around for? Oh, no, no, no. Please don't go, Mr. Connor. Oh, no, no. Please don't go, Mr. Connor. As a writer, this ought to be right up your street. Don't miss a word. I never saw you looking better, Red. You're getting that fine, tawny look. Oh, we're going to talk about me, are we? Goody. It's astonishing what money can do for people. Don't you agree, Mr. Connor? Not too much, you know. Just more than enough. Now, take Tracy, for example. There's never a blow that hasn't been softened for her. Never a blow that won't be softened. As a matter of fact, it even changed her shape. She was a dumpy little thing at one time. Only as it happens, I'm not interested in myself for the moment. Not interested in yourself? You're fascinated, Red. You're far and away your favorite person in the world. Dexter, in case you don't know... Of course, Mr. Connor, she's a girl who's generous to a fault. To a fault, Mr. Connor. Uh, Except to other people's faults. It's not a plot to write home about. Like, the, the conceit of this movie is there is a party and there's a couple of writers um, who are, like, trying to debunk the upper class. And, and you've got C.K. Dexter Haven. Yeah, there's a there's a wild card in Cary Grant and, you know, a, a hot heiress. And it's, it's nothing to write home about story or plot-wise, but the writing of the characters and the dialogue is just cutting and spot on and like even things where the dad's like you you're the reason why i 
drink drink and <laughs> and falloos around is really like there there are moments where you think I'm gonna feel a very particular way about this right away, but the movie's like ah, ah, ah wait wait a second just mm-hmm. just take another look at that and yeah. movies that force me to take another look at a situation is always due to the writing. Fantastic characters yes. all around. And yeah, just the writing and performance of Jimmy Stewart as a drunk. Yeah. Oh, just the best. Très magnifique. Mine is Shop Around the Corner. Um, can't go wrong with that. That's another Jimmy Stewart joint. Yeah, and you have... Is he the secret? He's the secret That's sauce. what that book's about. <laughs> you have all these characters, once again, that you care about, and you have them going through these machinations Mm. and you're just riveted the whole time and it's you know it's more dense compared to its remake of you've got mail yeah you've got mail is much more palatable whereas shop around the corner goes into weird dark corners like the boss almost shooting himself Uh uh um and it gets more dramatic with people like getting fired because of adultery accusations. You but. know, you 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 bring up the the suicide, and what if like, what if like depression was the thing that had happened to Tom Hanks' dad after he broke up with his like fifth wife? Yeah, and like that was something where he had to keep <laughs> his dad from committing suicide. Yeah. Uh, completely different tone for that movie. That would uh that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Glad they didn't go that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, can't go wrong. Good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we have the best parents. Oh, best Absolute parents. best parents. You know, one of my favorite parts of the Oscars. <laughs> we go, cinematography, writing, parents. Best parents. Uh, first, let's say our honorable mention in Tom Hanks, who isn't he's an uncle. even a parent. He's not a parent, but he's like the best parent those kids have. Very true. Like, they're... One of their parents is 80 years old, <laughs> and the other one is a dad who, like, okay, it's it's kind of a, like, where is, why aren't the kids, the kids are living with their mom who doesn't care about them, or the, the one kid is, like, right. after she runs off with the nanny. Presumably, those children are still with her, and- Oh, right, those kids. <laughs> I guess nanny also makes nanny a good Maureen. second parent, but it's like- it's like she didn't seem to care about those kids a ton when she dropped them off with Tom Hanks. So I worry about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not on that boat. Where are they? So your actual choice is Little Women. Yes. Um, Mama March mm-hmm. is classic parent. And when the dad comes home, you're like, oh, you're classic parent, too. You were just gone for a while. Yeah. Sorry. I was healing the sick and wounded in the Civil War. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Excuse me. <laughs> well, your responsibility is at home. Yeah. Sir. <laughs> yeah. Get, get back there. No, but especially Susan Sarandon's portrayal of um, Mrs. March is like, I want that woman to be my mom. Yeah. I want her to fight for me. I want her to hold me when I'm feeling bad. I want her to nurse me to health. Yeah. You know, she's steadfast. She's a role model. She's she, not too judgmental. Yeah. She yeah. teaches these kids and she's patient with them. Yeah. Like when Joe's manuscript gets burned up, yeah, it's not, that situation with the wrong parent. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. rain hell. She's just like, all right, let's tend to the wounded here. Yeah, she doesn't force them to reconcile right. either right away, which I think is something I don't. I don't have multiple kids right now, but it's something that I'll need to remember. Is that that's not something that can be forced, but it is something that can be encouraged. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Just excellent. What mine, about you? Mine is 51st Dates. 
with Drew the Barrymore's dad. dad. He is a good dad. He does so much mm-hmm. for her every single day. Even Sean Astin is like Another. a good surrogate dad. He's a gunkle. Yeah. <laughs> he's a brother, but he's also kind of a gunkle. Wait, is that a good uncle? Gay uncle. Gay uncle. Oh, oh is yeah. he gay in that movie? I can't remember if they made that canonical. Uh, I don't know. He's He like gets together with the, the zookeeper who's very masculine. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But either way, they're very good to Drew, ba- Drew yeah. Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Very, very excellent to her. And they put up with so much. Yes, they do. Like they, their lives are on hold for her. And that's like, that's what you have to do as a parent sometimes. Absolutely. Like my my nights are on hold and my days are on hold. My life is on hold for on my hold. child, basically. <laughs> uh, I just I, I do enjoy the excuse of nope, can't got a kid. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> I went to a birthday party the other night, and uh, I was there for an hour, mm-hmm. and then I was like, gotta go put my kid to bed. Yeah. And I did, but I didn't have to. Right. Robin would have taken care of it's it. It's fine, but still. Yeah. I'm glad that you confessed to everyone. It's like, I didn't actually have to leave the other night. <laughs> I had played a little bit too much um, uh, Pac-Man also, mm. and my wrist hurt really bad. Oh. It's still hurting. Yeah. So that's something I got to watch out for next time I'm at Quarter yeah. World. But you know the the thing is, you're giving Robin backup. Maybe maybe you didn't actually have to put Ello into bed, but you were there in case yeah. things went south. Yeah, I mean, Very that's what being have. a parent is all about—is being there. It's the backup. All right, what's our next category after that? We have most charming. <sighs> very charming. You know, charming. Very charming. You know who I almost said? Huh. Um, I almost said uh, the. The guy from Charlie from Mystic Pizza. Oh, yeah. Because he ends up charming his way. He, he's very charming. Mm-hmm. But, but you do have F-O-X. Fox? Your last name is Fox. F-O-X. I don't think you can have a somebody who puts you out of business <laughs> and um, steals caviar and like that is a insults garnish. you cuttingly um, and then also fall in love with him without him also needing to be unendingly charming movie wouldn't have worked without tom hanks no like i mean there could have been somebody else that filled that role but none as well maybe george clooney maybe maybe that would have been interesting movie i think there's a that would have been an interesting film but i i still think that there is a a different kind of charm like where where tom hanks is charming and lovable clooney is charming and sexy Mm. and so i think the the tone would have shifted in that film. Yeah. 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 Plus at that point in time, he had a Roman haircut. So uh, (laughs) I'm glad we didn't get that. I'm going to go with Heath Ledger. Oh yeah. And 10 things. I mean, he, that was one of my other picks that I was thinking about because he has to charm the uncharmable woman. That's his one duty. (laughs) Duty. (laughs) But he has to be charming. He has no choice. No, like it's his job. Yeah. But then it's also his duty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, we've already sung his praises, so I'll just leave it at that. We've sung his praises every single Oscars. Next up, we've got Best Supporting Actress. Mm. You've got Whoopi. Oh, cute. White, but cute. <laughs> Whoopi! So I was thinking about this the other day because I watch um, Next Generation, the Star mm-hmm. Trek kind. And um, <laughs> she is she plays this character called Guinan, who's a bartender, but is really like this ancient alien mm-hmm. kind of person and she's very pensive and thoughtful and she gives everybody really good advice she's a sage she is a sage um which is basically 
the opposite of her character in Ghost. Yeah. In Ghost, she is bombastic. She's annoyed. She is uh, loud. She Mm -hmm. cannot control her outbursts. And it is a... It is a flavor of Whoopi that kind of, for me at least, really defines her range. And she she is in this movie in probably every other scene. And yeah. I think she supports um, uh, Patrick Swayze's struggle very well. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, I'd love to see more Whoopi movies. Yeah, me too. I'd like to go through the, the compendium. Yes. Karina Karina. Yes. Sister Act. Yes. Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2. Um, that one where she's a basketball coach. I don't know that one. The, the color purple. That one where she goes back in time to King Arthur's Court. That was a Disney. A kid in King Arthur's Court. Disney movie, TV movie. It was really good. Really? Yeah. I don't know that one. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mine is. <coughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I like that one. Mine is Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids. No carry on, huh? No. Yeah, I noticed. It's so unexpected. It's such a perfect comic performance mm-hmm. uh, because this is Suki from Gilmore Girls. Sure. You have in your mind how she should be acting. Sure. But she comes in with this character and it's just dynamite. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because those characters I don't usually like as much, the comic relief for comic relief's sake. Mm-hmm. But I did laugh a lot. I mean... Because I like Suki as a character a lot. Right. And so you're right. It does a, a similar thing where it like shows range. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. I I much, I don't know, the the all the movies that she's led, I've never been curious or interested. Like, I don't need to see these other movies that she's the star in. Really? I uh, just find her more fascinating when she has deep character acting work where it's this. No, that's what I'm talking about. Wait, what are you saying? There's a bunch of movies where she's the lead. Oh, as a comic actor. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to see her as the lead, which Mm -hmm. sounds really mean, but I don't. Like, they don't, they just don't seem as interesting as these wild card characters that you can do more interesting things with. Well, it's funny because I I think her most interesting role of late is actually a dramatic role. Yeah. Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. And she is the lead in that. Right. I guess... Just not her formulaic comedies. If she, if she, you're, you're right. Her formulaic comedies... Just like the heat, the yeah. like the thing where her and Jason Bateman have switched something have like rivals of some sort, and like I don't care, Ugh. I'm not interested. It I just no it looks it looks basic. Yeah, um, but I love her when she is. You're right, like the sidekick role or a dramatic role. It, in kind of the same way, I like um, my my Will Ferrells. I love when like a Stranger Than Fiction. I know yeah. it's, it's not your favorite kind of Will Ferrell, but or or a Zoolander Will Ferrell. Where yeah. he's just unhinged. Uh, he, yeah, he is a he is a villain. Yeah, you know he's not the main character. Though. Yeah, yeah. Or or Step Brothers. I love that. Movie. I know you like that. Yeah. Movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> Best supporting actor. We both picked Vincent D'Onofrio. Doesn't that mean anything to you? I think that when people love each other, they should make a commitment. They should have a wedding in a church with the blessings of God for Christ's sakes. Don't you get it, Joe? I'm telling you that I love you. And all you love is my dick. Do you know how that makes me feel? Do you? I... <laughs> I I was thinking about him last week in that role. I think about him all the time. It's just so it's so unique of a role to be put on film. <laughs> he is a he is a fisherman who you would think would be the one who is more interested in sex, but no, it's his partner. He makes some 
some dumb decisions, but you're like, you're a lovable idiot. He's a, well, I mean, he makes some dumb decisions, I guess, but he like. What did he do? He put up some sign. What did he, what did he do that got her really pissed? Oh, he like basically called his girlfriend a, a slut. Yeah. <laughs> basically on a sign. And no, yeah, not, 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 not great. Not a good, day. but a good at day. the same time, she's the one, she like left him at the altar she just wants to have sex with him, but she doesn't want to get married. And he really wants to get married. And he like puts his foot down mm-hmm. and he's such an everyman. Yeah. Like, I, so Vincent D'Onofrio is also in like, he plays the kingpin. Yeah. Right. And speaking of range, like this character who is like, I love you and I want you to love me and I want you to show that you love me and I can accept you for who you are, but you have to accept me. It's such a, different character and it's i don't know compared to water water oh yeah sugar water yeah an alien who is obsessed with sugar water or Um, a psychopath in full metal jacket right right what a what an interesting actor he is we love you um yeah so i want to watch mystic pizza like once every three months like that oh yeah that is the movie i think out of all of these films that i fell in love most with oh just mm. Mm, beautiful Okay, who's who's next for best actress? We have best actor. Best actor. Best actor. You've got Jimmy Stewart, Philadelphia Story. Jimmy Stewart. I'm just sure, for the drunk scene. We've already talked yeah, about it. And like, I'm sure you would have also handily given it to him in Shop Around the Corner. Yeah, I I like, but the one I want to watch more often is his performance in Philadelphia mm-hmm. Story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got William Powell for Thin Man. Oh, Nikki, I love you. Because you know such lovely people. Oh, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's I mean, just a performance. All I, of his movies, he's that smooth, you know? Yeah. Like, my man Gottfried, he's, he is playing a um, less robust character, but, but smooth. The, the charm that he conjures mm-hmm. is unrivaled. Very few people can wear that mustache that way. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, so, I'm, I'm, I'm partial. I'm so partial to that pick that I'm like, I'm going to keep Jimmy Stewart just so he can be in there. But <laughs> I, I think yours is the better pick. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Best Actress. Mm-hmm. And you've got Miss Olivia Hussey and, <laughs> Romeo, and Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Speak is that from my heart? She, um, I, I think I, I said this before, but um, nobody can play innocent and make and 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 like pull off the lines that she pulls off and the drama of like just how how hard it is to be Juliet yeah um but also make me feel wrong for liking this person who is young right sexy way yeah yeah (laughs) where like that's like that's the whole point of that direction yeah but it's like she is I don't know she is really good for her age. I think she was 17 when she shot that mm-hmm. movie. And there, there are very few actors who are that age who can pull off that potent of a character. I think it's the best pairing of an actor to a role. Mm. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily that she's an actress that is of the same caliber of a Meryl Streep or something like that. Like maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But this is where casting correctly is correct finding that person who just so embodies innately embodies yeah. that character mm-hmm. uh wonderful who did you pick i'm going with julia roberts <laughs> i was gonna predict that you win 
much like Tom Hanks and You've Got Mail, does a lot of things that are like, mm, mm, I, I don't know about that, but you are still charmed by her in the end. And I was charmed by her performance throughout, and I never questioned never questioned her as a sympathetic character. I was always along for the ride. Sure. I I I'm I'm there with you as well. I think I think especially the first couple of scenes with how devious she is, mm-hmm. I am I'm always against her her actions, but I am not unsympathetic to her motivation. Right. Um meaning I can understand. Yeah. And a a <clears throat> A lesser actress would have lost would have lost me. Yeah. And this is what Like imagine an Angelina Jolie playing that. Uh, Like I would I would just never be on her side. Yeah, but there's a certain type of movie star performance Mm -hmm. that does this. And like even like in Anne Hathaway, I'm like, I don't think I would have been on board if it this was Anne Hathaway doing this. I think that she might she might have been able to pull that off for me. But But I think you're right, Julia Roberts is like the one I don't think San- I don't think I could have trusted Sandra Bullock to that role. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is this uh, Oscar is dedicated to our old professor Casey Andrews. Casey, he's not that old. Our old our, our <laughs> previous professor. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Ryan, for that. He's like um, our age. <laughs> no, he's not. I know, but it feels like it. <laughs> that's just because the older you get, age means less and less. Well, life. that's the weird thing is that we are now the age that he was when he was teaching us. That's true. That's weird. Or about about that age. Which yeah. is just crazy. It's it's funny. He's like a year older than us. He's like, hey. <laughs> no, but he just doesn't like he doesn't think she's a very good actor. Yeah. yeah. He, he can deal with it. He can suck it. He also <laughs> doesn't really like C.S. Lewis. I'm like, what? I mean, I'm I'm not. There's You're some not an CS- acolyte, I understand. Yeah, there's some C.S. Lewis that I also dislike. Sure, okay. I think his allegories <laughs> are obvious. <laughs> Thanks, Tolkien. <laughs> All, All right, right. So, we're down to the big ones, the biggies, the last two. <laughs> the last two big ones? <laughs> yeah. We've got... Wow! <laughs> so what should we do first? Should we say best picture or best rom-com? Best picture. Best picture. We've got best picture next. Because the thing is, we're at the rom-com Oscar, so Best Picture is second to rom-com. That's true. This is Best Picture. So Mm -hmm. this is the movie that, it's not necessarily hitting the rom-com notes the best, it's just all around excellent. The caliber of this movie is excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You leave the movie saying, I'm going to watch that again. Yeah. Okay, so you picked Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza in Mystic, Connecticut. Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Because I want to watch it again. And again and again. I think I think it hits a lot of the good rom-com moments as well, but it's it's got so much coming of age. It's got sisterly drama. It's got friend drama. It's got relationship drama. It's got unexpected turns. The writing is beautiful. It's got sex scenes. It's got it's got like so many moving parts that I think didn't speak to the year it came out, which right. is why it wasn't as popular. Yeah. But I think it's, I know it's found a new audience because mm-hmm. I've looked up a lot of like re- more recent reviews. And if you go find it on Letterboxd, people are like, this is a damn good movie. Yeah. I remember 20 years ago when I was getting into movies and Mystic Pizza was like the <clears throat> kind of B squad of Julia Roberts movies. It was just mm-hmm. like, it's not quite a Julia Roberts movie, so you don't need to see it. And now it's, I would say, like, uh, reverse Uno that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you need to see it because it's not, like, Pretty Woman or 
my best friend's wedding and it's more than a julia roberts movie it's it has other something things. much more complicated to say yeah it has a lot more and it in that way it's as a julia roberts movie kind of more interesting than pretty woman because she's not carrying this movie she's yeah. just along for the ride yeah she's holding hands with the other two main characters yeah and they all together hold the movie to, together yeah it's just wonderful yeah yeah it's really good mine is romeo and juliet seems to not move though grant for prayer's sake then move not While my prayer's effect I take. Thus, from my lips, by thine, my sin is purged. Oh, yeah. uh, Franco Zeffirelli's production. Kind of a creepy guy, but nonetheless, the movie is a wonderful production. It is. It's out on the Criterion Collection now, so I've been. It's been sired by the Criterion Collection. So, what more can I say? Yeah, it's surprising that it took that long, but I feel like there's some popular movies that like were forces way back in the day that didn't get picked up by Criterion because Criterion's like somebody will keep making yeah. this. I don't have to but, save but it. I think. Same with that movie, is that people are coming around to it. It's not just a movie to throw on in junior high. No. Where it's just a teaching tool. It's like, no, this is an excellent piece of cinema. Yes, exactly. And I don't think think I've seen self-serious versions of Romeo and Juliet that are as well done. Yeah, and as just perfectly earnest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good pick. All right, here's the big one. Bring, Are you brings ready? Brings us to the to the biggie, the biggie of biggies. We've got best rom com. If I had a fanfare, I'd be playing it right now. Here's well, your fanfare. Why don't Why don't you go first? Okay. Mine is my best friend's wedding. Okay. Because no, I think you argued for this in that episode yeah, as well. Because it's it's original, it's fresh, it's subversive, and it still has the glitz and the glam and the the glossiness of yeah. a good rom You hate to see it when you lose a gloss. Yeah. And you have a character like Rupert Everett who just oozes charm into mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. And you have Julia Roberts' $20 million smile throughout. Oh, yeah. And you have Cameron Diaz being charming as hell throughout it. Yeah. And you have like silly sequences where like Rupert Everett is like singing with the family. Yes. And like none of them know he's gay. What and- a quintessential <laughs> rom com scene. Yeah. When they do that big sing along. It has, it has like, like echoes of Shakespeare mm-hmm. in it as well, just because like there's hidden motivations and hidden character traits. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, the movie's not about that necessarily, but we, the audience know that there is, there's an expectation that will be subverted by this character's machinations. It doesn't quite give me the warm fuzzies of a Notting Hill no. where I'm feeling like the good bubbliness of a good rom-com. But you feel healed at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. And that's what a rom-com does is it's uplifting to your spirits. Mm -hmm. Which is why like something like Mystic Pizza almost made it into this category for me. But But it puts you through the ringer a bit. It puts you through the ringer and it's not as glossy. Right. And not that a rom-com has to be glossy, but if you're talking like 90s, 2000s, like prime era, Mm -hmm. like there's always some gloss Mm -hmm. because of the superstars. Yeah. Right. And that movie just didn't have any superstars. It had superstars in the making. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, good pick. I I went with You've Got Mail. It's I we I I feel like we've kind of talked it to death at this point. But if you 
ask anybody to name you five rom-coms. They will name You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail is going to be on there. And it's not because there's not a plethora of rom-coms to choose from. It's because the actors, the director, the movie itself, like the time period it was capturing are all titans of the genre. Mm-hmm. It's it's like if, if somebody's like, hey, pick a uh, recent superhero movie and somebody like left out The Dark Knight or right. or like Iron Man right. it, or The Avengers. It's it's that caliber of recognizable. And for good reason. I think there's other movies that are that caliber that like that have all of these parts to it that do not make a wonderful example of the genre. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like the sequels for the oceans movies, like oceans 11, everybody knows. Yeah. But then as soon as you start talking about oceans 12 or 13, it's like, well, it's got all the same pieces, but just not the same. It's not the same. And I think there are other movies with like, yeah, yeah. What's the, uh, <laughs> I want to say Hugh who played Wolverine. Why can't I, um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman. I kept wanting to say Hugh Grant, Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan do, um, the I'm I'm a I'm a elevator man and I come through time movie. <laughs> Kate and Leopold. Kate and Leopold, thank you. <laughs> anyway, you you have like all these elements there that work and if it had been a better movie, it would be a titan of of the right. industry. But this film, You've Got Mail, is so good feeling mm-hmm. and the elements of it are all Titan-esque that when you combine those two, it's like it's not a criterion film. Because it doesn't need to be. Right. right. It's just too popular for its own good sake because it ought to be. It ought to be. It insists upon it. <laughs> no, it, it is just, it is so good. Um, yeah, so best rom-com for me. I'm going to just leave our episode off with that. With okay. just ebullient praise. Can we, um, can we say who we'd most have fallen in love with in this year? Just like as an addendum. Whew. Oh, man. Um... Yes, we can. Who? We can. Who? We certainly can. Who? I'm a Who owl. I, 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 I don't know. You go first. No, 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 I know. I know. I would. Go now, ahead. it's Mystic Pizza. Uh-huh. You're falling in love with the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting Julia Roberts aside, not Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. The other two sisters. Mm-hmm. Well, with a sister and a friend. Oh, I always yeah. think of those sisters. I'm going to have both of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about we, we both, because like, I was going Mystic Pizza too. Uh-huh. Let's just say the ladies of Mystic Pizza. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're falling in love with the ladies of Mystic Pizza because, boy. Like, and the reason isn't just because like they're all hot or right. they're all so fascinating and wonderful. It's just as a friend group, they all fill these like fun needs that like make them attractive in their own ways. Mm-hmm. But like I could fall in love with any of them, really. Yeah. 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 Probably I'd probably pick one of one of them after like thinking about it for a long time. But I could fall in love with any of them. I would fall in love um, all over again. <laughs> um, do we have anything on the horizon, Ryan, for, uh, for our listeners? Not currently, but I do feel like we're finding our new rhythm for this new lifestyle of ourselves. And I, I feel like we will come back. A return is in the works and we're figuring out how to balance our work life 
work, 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 life, 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 work. <laughs> yeah. And eventually there will be a podcast in that list. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so thank you for hanging out and keep checking back in. Keep checking. Go follow us on Instagram because uh, if we are going to start putting out episodes again anytime soon, we'll probably highlight it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you have any suggestions um, where you're like, you know what I'd like to see in an upcoming season is X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Let us know. You can email us at romcomgents at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, right guy? No, other than to say, I love you so much that. I just think you're my brother. <laughs> Thank you. I, just, I don't know uh, how else to say it. Um, we should form a band, yeah. a band of brothers. <laughs> oh God. Um, and I love you so much that if I was going to the Oscars, forget our wives. Let's go together. Yes. Woo. Like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. <laughs>